Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and I'm here to teach you how to rise above the noise and say yes to owning an unforgettable, impact-making business. On this podcast, you'll learn how to harness the power of your unique story and use magnetic marketing tools so that you can confidently own your place in your industry. Get ready to transform your marketing to reach more people and finally feel authentically you online. It's time to grow your business with purpose. This is the Own Your Message podcast. You're listening to the Modern Coach podcast, episode number 28, how to recession-proof your business. Hey, my name is Elisa Kay, and you're about to learn the new way that coaches are building thriving businesses online by rising out from the shadows, owning who they are, and finally understanding the business of coaching. Get ready, because this is where we shed the old age thinking of coaches everywhere and say yes to owning a happy, healthy business that not only impacts people everywhere, but gives you the freedom to do what you want, when you want. This is the Modern Coach Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. I am, well, I don't want to say excited because this this is not necessarily an exciting topic, but I'm excited to be back and creating this episode for you. It's a solo episode and we haven't had one of those in a little bit. As you may know, I have been doing my very exciting free three-part series and if you haven't caught that yet, I would highly recommend that you do. I'll link the episodes in the show notes and you can get them on the podcast for a limited time. I'm going to be bringing those down next week. So if you want to catch the series, Next week is the last time that they will be available. And over the last few weeks, it's been really great getting to know some new people in the audience. It's been really great getting to know basically, you know, a whole new host of people who I haven't necessarily spoken to before. And I think this is something that is such an interesting, interesting topic to think about as we're going into an episode on recessions and as we're getting onto you know, talking about investing in programs and talking about taking the next step and talking about like, what is it that you need to do to make sure that your small business is actually safe, right? If there is such a thing. And I think it always, for me, comes back down to, well, what is at the core of your business? For me, at the core of my business is definitely people. It's definitely coming and serving from a place of love and a place of you know I'm here to impact some some people's lives and me being scared or being in resistance or being in you know freeze mode isn't going to help the people that I know I'm here to help so as we get into you know how to recession proof your business and how to manage manage the news and manage the fact that we are actively in a recession period right now like I think it's it's really interesting when you look up the definition of a recession. It's it, it's very very clear that we are already in like an economic downturn, and there are two ways that you can approach it. You can approach it from a place of oh my god everything's going to fail. I'm gonna freeze. I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna do anything. Or you can approach it from the the place that I'm approaching it from, which is there are literally people who are going to be millionaires in the next year from the fact that it's a recession from the fact that it is an economic downturn. Because for as much as, you know, the news and the media and everyone and their mother is talking about, you know, the cost of living crisis and all of the things that are genuinely problems, right? They are genuinely issues that are going on in the world. There are entrepreneurs out there that are going to see it as an opportunity to fill a gap. There are entrepreneurs out there who are going to see that, you know, times of crisis are some of the best times to essentially create income and create solutions to big problems. And I want you to think about the word recession and what does that mean to you and what is it like bringing up for you? Because for me, I watched my family through a recession. My, um, you know, my my dad's business folded in, in the recession and... I remember those scary times. Like I genuinely remember the times of, you know, uncertainty and the times of scariness and the times of like, oh my God, what are we going to do, right? Because it hadn't happened, you know, like the markets crashed in what, 2008. And I remember it being like a very tense time for my family. 
And I think we all have that story of, you know, maybe it's your husband, maybe it's your dad, maybe it's your uncle or, or your boss or whatever it may be. Like, we all have a scary story about what happened when things went sort of wrong, right? And I think it's taken me a long time to see that that does not have to be the legacy, to see that it doesn't have to be the story that I tell myself. And I'm going to talk to you about like how and why I've, I've, I've approach it that way and how I think you can approach it that way too and what other specific practical things that I would want you to pay attention to as we go into an economic downturn like if you're in Europe and you I mean you know I'm Ukrainian right so you know there is a war going on in Ukraine and it's going to affect our food our gas our electricity like the the amount of spending that our governments are, are, are going to allocate to protecting us and blah 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 like all of these things, we can't escape them. It's not something that we can just ignore. At the same time, right, if you're a US-based or you're based in, in any of the other parts of the world, right, those things are going to affect you too, whether you like it or not, right? And it's already it's already started to affect people and it's already started to affect um, how we, you know, go through the world and how we we approach buying and how we approach all of these different things. And I think it's smart for you to care and it's smart for you to think about, well, what are the things that I can do to protect myself and my business? And what are the things that I can do to essentially mitigate that risk and to start to think about things differently? Because ultimately what you want to do is impact more people, right? Uh, But also, right, you don't want to fold. You don't want to have this big global thing affect you and your livelihood and i think that it's really 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 important for me to remind you that you're really smart you have been through worse things than you know the pound falling or you have been through uh worse things than an economic downturn like there are worse things in the world you've probably been through some stuff you have been able to survive and evolve and thrive post those things. And the one thing that I don't want you to do right now is freeze. And I remember having this real experience over the you know C19 pandemic of freezing, right? I was I was stuck with my family and it's very different to a recession, but I think it's like the similar thing, right? Everyone stopped and everyone, you know, everyone was like unsure as to what was going on and I think now we're going through like a different type of global crisis and I'm politically aware I care about my society I care about the people I you know I read the news I'm not one of those people who is going to tell you like not to read the news I, I believe it's important for you to be literate but I think it's also important for you to understand that that the media and the sources of information you're coming you know you that are coming to you are there to create panic and to create distortion. And that there are different ways of looking at different crises and you can either focus on the good or you can focus on the bad. So for me, as we went through the pandemic, it was a really odd time for me because I was stuck, my partner was in a, you know at our house, I was stuck with my parents and it, it was an interesting, it was an interesting experience for me to watch my like thoughts unravel and I think the one thing that I learned through that was that there is a very, very, um, a very real survival tactic that I think a lot of us employ. And I think it's keeping more and more people stuck. And it's that you can, you like have this tendency when you're in panic mode to start to hoard your money. Things like, you know, maybe you always get your nails done every week. And now you're thinking, well, you know, what if like what if everything is is just what if everything just falls apart maybe i shouldn't get my nails done right maybe this is the one like safety thing that i can try and save and you go from being like this abundant you know happy person who gets manicures and gets a massage or whatever and you're spending money on yourself and then you go into lack mode and into like hoarding money mode where you're almost like a like i always joke with my little sister that she's like a little greedy goblin um in like in different you know variations and we we sort of we we have that that analogy right when you're when you're not sharing right when you're not sharing your whatever with her it might be like a sweet or it might be water or it might be her like going into her 
I don't know, less than less than stellar qualities, right? And it's like, stop being a greedy goblin. And I almost want to say that to people sometimes. Like, are you being a greedy goblin with your money? Like, one of one of the things that someone said to me um, very, very recently was like, well, you know, if I spend money on this, then I'm not going to be able to have this cushion in three years time. And I'm like, well, why are you making decisions based on what could be in three years time? Why are you making the decision on how could things be different in three months, right? And it's that, like hoarding the money out of a place of scarcity and out of a place of like fear and out of a place of, oh my God, things are not going to get better. And I'm here to remind you that things always get better, right? The business will get better. Your health will get better. Like the whatever, the business that will know will fold will ultimately evolve into something better, right? There is only, the only way is up because that's the type of person who you are. Like that's the type of person that I am. Like there is no other, there is no other way. There is no other plan. There is no other vision than for it to get better. So for me, that's like sign number one. And I think the number one rule is not to get into fear and lack even though everyone around you might be in fear and lack. And I want you to pay attention to what are the decisions that I am making? Because I bet you Jeff Bezos isn't sitting in his mansion in whatever, Silicon Valley, thinking about, oh my God, maybe I shouldn't buy a latte. Jeff Bezos is sat there thinking, okay, well, how can I use the circumstances of the situation to create more wealth, right? that's the energy that we want to have and like whether we we like them or whether we don't like the big tech companies and the people who have the majority of the wealth in the world they made more money during the c19 situation than anyone else in the world is there you know is that a coincidence i don't think so and i think that more smaller businesses need to start paying attention to the big dogs if you will like right whether again whether we like them or whether we don't it's a completely separate conversation to what i'm talking about today what i'm saying to you is that when we get into fear and lack that's when we cut off that abundance and that's when we cut off our creativity and when we stop thinking creatively about solutions and about our business that's where the real problems start so for me the, the number one thing is that there is no stopping, right? We are going to decide, you and I today, that there is no stopping for you. You're going to see this thing through. You're going to make sure that it works. There is no plan B. Like one of my favorite expressions that I picked up from one of the first ever business events I went to was the Tony Robbins uh, Unleash the Power Within. You walk on fire. It's really fun. You know, it, it's, it was one of those like revolutionary experiences in my life. And one of the most famous things that Tony says that I ultimately still like to live by, it's burn the boats. Burn your boats. Decide that this recession, that this crisis is not going to define you. Decide that this, there is no other choice. You're not going to fold. You're not going to fold. You'll find a solution. And I think sometimes when there is an economic downturn, things that we haven't enjoyed and things that haven't been working for us and things that perhaps we wanted to sort of burn down, we sort of let them fade away. And the question for you is, well, what is it for you? Are you hating what you're doing? And would this create the circumstances on the opportunity for you to change things, right? Would this create the opportunity for you to just say, you know what, this is not for me. Because if that's the energy, then we need to change things, right? We need to look at it and be like, okay, well, do we re- really want to fold? Is there something is, is there something that I can do to this situation that would change the way that I'm interacting with it? For example, if we're looking at the industries that make the most money during a recession, is there any wonder that they are, you know, things like, I've got a little note somewhere actually what they are. But it's like DIY and tech and it's... Um, let me, let me grab my notes, right? It's DIY and it's tech and it's all of these other industries that like that, that there is a gap in the market. Why, right? What is it that I've got? Okay, I found it. I found it, guys. Industries such as tech, discount stores, accounting, grocery, healthcare, and DIY and repairs do well. Why those industries? What are the gaps? Well, it makes sense, right? If we're in a down, like downturn, 
then tech and discount co- stores are gonna be are gonna be the thing, right? Everyone always needs accounting. Grow, everyone needs to eat and everyone needs healthcare, right? And DIY repairs, well, why? Because we're no longer like outsourcing those big projects. So the point here being is that there is always an industry. There is always an angle that will help you do well. There is always, there is always a way where you can make money. There is always a way where you can save that business. There is always a way for you to pivot and for you to evolve. It's the, are you going to focus on the the problems? Are you going to focus on the you know, the, 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 the things that could potentially hinder you, or are you going to focus on, well, what's the creative solution to this? And how can I make this even better? How can I make this be the difference? How can I make this successful? And it's the questions that you're asking yourself and the energy that you're coming from that is going to ultimately make that decision for you. Like I remember being in, you know, at my mom's house and listening to a, oh my God, this is so such an embarrassing story. I don't even know why I'm bringing it up, but I feel like I can trust you. I remember being in my old like bedroom at home. We had just been full disclosure drinking for like three weeks and we decided to detox for like three days from all of the alcohol. Tell me I'm not alone in this. Like DM me on Instagram and let me know how your pandemic experience went. But this was mine at the beginning, right? And I remember listening to this clubhouse room with Grant Cardone whether again whether you like him or whether you don't I don't know how he he like popped into this room accidentally and one of the things that he said which reminded me and genuinely shifted my mindset was that as an entrepreneur you have to have the ability to know how to make a thousand dollars at any given moment as an entrepreneur you have the ability to create money on demand And I remember thinking, oh my God, I could sell something for a thousand dollars. Like I have that ability, I have those skills and I know how to get clients. And that shifted me out of this like narrative that everything is closed, everything sucks, everything is this, everything, no one knows what's going to happen to, well, eventually this will get better. And eventually I have to like get up and I have to start doing the things that I know how to do and I have to like live, right? And I think that is something that I want you to, that I want to impart upon you and I want you to drill into your yourself, into your nervous system that you're an entrepreneur, you know how to do something for someone else and you have to develop the ability to know how to create money on demand. And I think for me, it's not about changing your business model and saying, you know what, like right now I'm a, I don't know, I'm a doula and what I should do is go into DIY. No, of course not, right? There are always going to be clients in whatever your niche is. There's always going to be a solution for those people. It just might look slightly differently. You might need to look at what your pricing structure is. You might need to like think creatively outside of the box, but that moment of like just masculine bro dogginess, whatever in that moment was something that I really needed to hear. And it's something that still sticks to me to this day as we go into, you know, conversations that I'm having with my my friends and with other peers in the industry about like the recession and what are we doing and how are we mitigating risk and all of those things, right? I want you to remember that you're smart and you can create the type of results that you want through systems and energy and will, right? And, and through the things that you put in place. And I think sometimes it's really, really easy to live through the limitations of other people, particularly people who have, let's say, less opportunities to create cash on demand than you do. I'm talking about the people who are like in a nine to five and cannot for the life of them think outside of the box. Like, I think we box ourselves in to an extent as entrepreneurs, but wouldn't it be cool for all of the people that are complaining about the recession to start to think about what are the gaps? What is that going to create? Because there are, for as many people as there are that lose jobs, and that is a real thing, and it's it's a real shame, and it's going to happen. There are also a million other people who create six-figure, multiple six-figure, seven-figure businesses. And I would rather be in the success category. And I'm going to focus my time, effort, and energy on figuring out how to make sure that not only does my business survive the recession, but that it thrives through it. And that starts with you remembering who the fuck you are and remembering that you have the the insane ability to change lives. You have the insane ability 
to create cash when you want to as an entrepreneur. Like I can send an email to my email list, giving them an irresistible offer and they will say yes, because I've done the work and the nurturing, right? In the, in the, you know, creating value content systems, blah, 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 blah. Show me another business that can do that. Show me another decade that has, that has so much opportunity. Like you can't. And we live in a time where it is the easiest time ever to make money. It's the easiest time ever to create opportunities. It's the easy, like you, who you are today could be completely different to who you are next year. And it's all to do with what, how are you thinking about it? How are you looking at it? What are the things that you can put in place? And I think for me, in terms of talking about recession proof, proofing, right? And what I want you to do is I want you to start thinking about, well, how are you thinking about it? Are you thinking about it from like a, like I'm a hoarding goblin money situation? Am I, you know, are you thinking about, oh my God, okay, my savings is going to have to last me, blah, 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 blah. Or are you thinking about how am I going to create the opportunities for more people to work with me? How am I going to create the opportunities for my business to flourish? Because those are two separate camps. You can either protect yourself to high heaven and think about it in terms of lack and in terms of, you know, this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Or you can think about it like, I'm going to make like make the most money and help the most people next year. Those are the two options that you've got. So for me, the mindset is one of the biggest things, if not the biggest thing to think about and to approach this with, right? Because without the mindset, you're never, ever going to be able to sustain any, any type of growth or any type of change. And I think it's very, 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 very difficult to, very difficult to be successful if you are living in lack and if you're forever thinking that your money's gonna run out. We have to make decisions from a place of what would future me do? And, you know, I think it's a, it's a growing thing. Like I was just talking to my COO about like, do I take this trip and do I go to this event and blah, 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 blah. And we were like talking about, you know, recession and cash flow. And those are all really great things to pay attention to, but they cannot be the deciding factor in the way that you make decisions. They can't be because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know. Like, you don't know whether you're going to wake up and have the best like gazillion dollar idea, right? You don't know. You, you can't know. But what you can do is live through the future of what was successful you do? What would she do? What would she say? How would she be? And I think for me, that's the most important thing is how am I encompassing that mindset and how am I going through life that way, you know? So for me, number one, in terms of recession proving your business is I want you to focus on abundance. And instead of hoarding your money, I want you to think about, okay, if I'm going to invest in something, is it going to help me improve a skill or is it going to help me improve lives or is it help, going to help me make more money, right? So I think being in the business to business space genuinely probably is like an easier quote unquote sell because people want to learn how to get clients, right? People want to learn how to implement a better marketing system. People want to learn how to write better content, right? That's a skill that... I don't think it will ever like run out, quote unquote, but you can also do it in different niches too. Like there is always going to be a client, which brings me to point number two. There are going to be different types of clients at different levels. So just like you can't be the greedy goblin, you cannot always expect your ideal soulmate person to be the ideal soulmate person forever. For example, if you have a lower, you know, let's say income ideal soulmate person, we have to start thinking about how is the recession going to affect those people? Is it going to affect them in a, you know, a negative way? What about their financial situation? Is it going to impact how much money they can spend with your business, right? That's a very smart and, and I think a good conversation for you to have and think about, okay, well, this ideal soulmate person, I always believe that your ideal client is the one who can actually pay you what you want, right? So for me, it's like, 
there are going to be different types of clients at different levels. There are always going to be people who are willing to invest, no matter what it is, no matter whether you're a doula, whether you're a business coach, or whether you're a yoga instructor, or whether you're some, you know, something else. There is always going to be a client, but it's your job to figure out, okay, well, what are the different types of clients at different levels? So for me, one of the things that I did as a coach, right, during the pandemic was I created extended payment plans. And instead of, you know, help having people pay in three, I gave people options to pay in six, right? So it broke things down for them and it made it an easier investment and an easier way for me to, it, it, it genuinely made me feel better. I don't think it was so much to do with the clients because a lot of my clients still either paid in full or paid, you know, over the normal payment plan. But that was an option that I was like, I feel really good about this. This makes it more accessible and it helps me still work with the same type of client that I want to work with, right? At the same time, what I could have done is said, you know what, what I want to do is maybe write funnels, right? Again, I could have done that. I could have written the copy and I would have been paid up front for that, right? So my point being is that there are different types of different clients at different levels who would be willing to invest a, a different frequencies at different capacities it's your job to figure out how can I make this easier on my ideal client who I want to work with and if that doesn't make sense for you it's your job to figure out a different offer that will actually help the people that you want to help right uh, that will help the people a invest but b it will help make you you know it will make you approach your business from a place of like ease because if you inherently believe that your people can't afford to work with you that energy is gonna freak people out. You're, like what you're putting out is going to be ultimately what reflects back at you. So there are gonna be different types of clients at different levels and I want you to think about, okay, well, how can I either make it easier for them or how can I target a different type of client, right? No one, like no one ever said no to tutoring, no matter what the financial circumstances are. Like those people were luxury, like they were directors of companies, they were CEOs, they were partners in law firms. Like they made more money during economic downturns than anyone else. And you betcha, they still went on holidays and they still did the things. Like we could talk about the unfairness of the recession and we can talk about the unfairness of money redistribution all day long. But the reality is you're a business owner and business owners need to make money. And we want to think about, okay, well, how can we stop second guessing ourselves? And how can we start to serve the people who can actually A, be helped, but B, pay us? Because ultimately, what does it mean to be in a recession, right? It means that we are in, a, in an economic downturn and you as the business owner need to be healthy in order to sustain yourself and your team and your, you know, and your family and all of the other things that you, you know, need to pay for. Okay, and I have some questions. I asked inside of my free Facebook group, shout out to you unforgettable viewers, um, what, I asked you some questions and we had three that I have chosen that have come up that were really, really, really amazing. And I think that this is a good point to answer those questions. And here they are. So the first question is, how can small businesses handle inflation or the financial uncertainty of a recession? Which is why, you know, I just said, diversify your price points with an ecosystem of offers, essentially. I want you to look at who are your clients and how can you help them invest at different levels? Who are your people and how can you create those offers? Or how can you essentially take the offer that you've already created and look at it from a different perspective? Who could this help, right? The Soulmate Client Accelerator could help the struggling newbie or it could help the multiple six-figure owner, right? Like the content is all there. It's, it's the who are you targeting with your messaging and your marketing. Uh, how will your people be affected is the second question that I would definitely ask. And I would really, really focus on, okay, my ideal soulmate person, I know, I know this, this ideal client, how will they be affected? Will their business be affected? Okay. If not, then would they have a partner or a family member that could be affected? And then how do we mitigate that? Like during C19, one of my clients, her, her partner lost his job, but she was really really busy and struggling and she had more work than she knew what to do with right so then 
we had to have those conversations around shifting responsibilities and shifting different things and priorities and how can she make more money to essentially make up the shortfall of her partner not working like that's a whole other situation uh, then I want you to think about okay in the UK, for example, we have an energy crisis here where we are paying more money to keep the lights on, quite literally, right? Uh, our bills are going up and blah, 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 all the things. So if you're, let's say, a photographer, it's going to cost you more to have your lights on. It's going to cost you more to have your equipment out. That's just the fact, right? Inflation is here. So we want you to think about, well, what are the costs that you're going to have that are going to rise? Like I know for a fact that there are two or three different like tech tools that I've invested in that have gone, in, gone up in price in the last few months. That means that I need to look at my pricing and look at, okay, well, is there like a bottom line? Do I increase my prices throughout my business? Like how am I going to make up that shortfall? For me, I don't want you to swallow the extra costs. I want you to reflect the costs in your pricing realistically in your price point so it's about like where is the golden middle between you know what it's going to cost me more to run this business and therefore i need to figure out the pricing structure that's going to work for me in a way that makes sense and again like these are the questions that we get so emotionally attached to but we don't need to bring the emotions into them it's like it's going to cost me more money to to put my lights on and therefore like I have to increase my prices because that's how I live, right? And that's how I coach and that's how I do the things, right? Whether it's again, your yoga studio, your photography, you know, premises or whatever it may be. Very, very, very important that you take into account the pricing that, that reflects your actual costs, right? Whether that's domain or website or something else. And then the, the final, final answer to this is I want you to understand your client and I want you to understand the fact that in a luxury center, and this is something I'm going to be talking a bit more in SCA about this time around, in a, in a luxury market, the recession doesn't matter because ultimately when you're doing luxury, the people have money and the people have money to invest and they're very happy to invest and they're still doing business as usual. And that goes the same for bigger businesses and it goes the same for budgeting and it goes the same for, for a lot of things. And I think for me... It's about, okay, well, the people that we want to help, can we create more content? Can we create more resources and so on? But also, how can you be financially responsible and sustainable so that you can keep creating the things that you want to create for the people who need you at different levels? Not just at the level where they can't pay you, but also the level where they can. Make sense? So those are the questions that I'm sitting with and understanding that, you know, maybe my ideal soulmate person for like the $9 offer is not the right offer anymore, right? Maybe I need to focus on, on someone else who the offer can still help. So for me, it's understanding your ecosystem and it's understanding that your pricing and your ideal client are going to be linked at this time, whether we like it or whether we don't. And I actually don't believe in this airy fairy, like, you know, uh, way of doing business of like, just make up a price and let's go. No, your offer has a value. You want to make sure that you understand what it's actually worth and you want to market it accordingly. So for me, when I had my tutoring agency, I knew that for the parents, right, like they were willing to pay a premium price, like a gazillion times more than a quote unquote normal tutor, because that's the skill level and that's what they want for their children. It's a no brainer, right? For them, because they want that the education. So it's, it's understanding how to price yourself. Um, and it's, and it's, by the way, it's the same tutoring that I would do with any other student, like slight, just slightly different at a different level. Um, so the content is the same, but the client is different. And the way that you deliver the, the thing is also slightly different. So it's understanding those things. Okay. Second question. What are examples of small businesses from the last recession that did well or use creative ways to survive? So here are the here are the, the three the three examples that came to me as I was making the outline. The first one is first of all, actually this is like a really this is a dark one, but I think it shows you like the pivot. So when the war in Ukraine started, one of my dear friends, uh, he has a flower shop and flower business he runs with his partner. And they basically they used to do very like beautiful birthday 
arrangements and flower, you know, like for Valentine's Day and all the different things. And when the war in Ukraine started, they, well, first of all, they donated a bunch of flowers that were, you know, not used anymore. And then they pivoted and they are now creating really beautiful um, funeral arrangements. Like that's, I know it's very dark, but that's an example of how can you think creatively and they knew that there was obviously going to be uh, a problem in the country and there's going to be a lot more demand for a different type of, of, you know, product using the flowers that they still had. So I think that's ingenious and I think that it still serves a purpose and it still serves their clientele at a, just at a different level. Um, so that was a really creative solution and I was like, oh my God, like that's really dark, but also really smart. Like you're still doing the things that you're doing and you're still impacting people in just a different way. Um, then one of my favorite stories of 2008, like specifically recession, is MailChimp. MailChimp grew. It was like a really tiny, tiny company. And they saw that there were so many online businesses that were coming into the foray and they needed an email marketing solution that didn't suck. So MailChimp grew really, really rapidly and grew their client base. And whether we like them or whether we don't, I don't actually recommend MailChimp by the by, uh, I'm an active campaign girl through and through, but MailChimp was one of the, um, was one of the biggest case studies of, of growth in 2008 because people started businesses and they needed a solution. So I think that's an ingenious tool and an ingenious thing to look at. And they were a small business and are no longer a small business, obviously. And then the third um, example that came to me specifically was that during COVID-19, I have this photography friend who came up with the ingenious solution of all of her clients obviously couldn't do photographs with her anymore. Like there was a pandemic on. And what she did was she was like, okay, these businesses still need photographs. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to create and essentially as she she did two things she did zoom sessions where she took photos through zoom isn't that ingenious isn't that the smartest thing you've ever heard in your entire life where she did these zoom sessions with people and took photos of them that way and then she did like an ebook version of it or she did like a course version of it where people ultimately purchased this this guide this way of being through the um through the camera and she showed people how to use their computer to take photos and to create beautiful branded photos inside isn't that the smart against the smartest thing you have ever heard like she was like i'm not gonna let my business fold okay i'm a photographer i'm gonna teach people this medium in a different way you know i can't deliver photos face to face so i'm gonna do it over zoom and i think it's that ingenious way of thinking through what is abundance thinking versus what is like hoarding money goblin thinking? And I want you to be in the abundance category when inevitably things, you know, go a bit wonky. So I hope you found those inspirational. I think it's about looking at what's the support system that I have in my life? Who can I talk to to think about things differently? And is there something or someone that I have in my back pocket to help me come out of the box? For me, that is always coaching. It's why SCA has six months of support, FYI, by the way, right? I'm not going to just leave you over Christmas and then bye-bye, you do you. No, I'm going to be coaching you through the beginning of next year to help you navigate the you know the challenges that you might have during this time that's why the support is there like I don't believe in just I don't know coaching you for six seven weeks and then saying bye-bye like good luck adios see you see you in the next container no like I want to help you over a long period of time which is why the six months are there um, and for me the thing that I would ask myself if I were you is do I have the support and the systems and the friends in place to help me think differently for me I had that to an extent over COVID-19, but I've made it an effort this, like over the last, I would say like 18 months to get into masterminds, to have more regular coaching, to have more support around people who are more successful than me and who are, who are either on my level or who are more successful than me. And I think that's the power of like the mastermind or the power of the coaching container. 
And yeah, I think it's just it's just a vibe being around people who are doing similar things to you. Whereas if everyone is worried about this one specific thing and you're like being caught up in the middle of it, is it any wonder that you're thinking the same way? I don't think so. So I think it's, it's about like understanding that you, whoever you spend the most time with, those are going to be the reflection of the views that you probably most likely hold, right? So it's it's again like the same the same um, Tony Robbins like let's go back to Tony, uh, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Like look at the people if they have money mindset issues and if they are scared and in fear and in lack all the time, is it any wonder that you are reflecting some of those thoughts? Um, and it took me a really long time to understand that. It took me a really long time to to get through the barriers and to fully own and understand that I have to protect my energy in order to serve my clients at a different level. I have to get into, you know, containers that are going to serve me and help me not only like make more money, like for me, making more money equals always making more impact. And I think that's the most incredible thing ever. Anyway, I digress. So third question, what are other small businesses doing about the recession and inflation? I think this is a great question. And it's something that I've been really obsessed with over the last few weeks specifically. Um, number one, raising their prices, right? Like really owning the fact that, you know what? We're raising our prices. Like it's it's more expensive to run the things. It's more expensive to do the things. And um, the price that I might have right now isn't necessarily reflective of the work that I do. Like red flag alert, why? Why are we still undercharging and over-delivering? So raising your prices, creating content um, on different platforms to reach different audiences is another one that I'm seeing a lot more of. And it's something that I'm going to be focusing on too over the, like, the next quarter is creating content on different platforms and trying to see whether we can reach different types of clients, like the same, the same necessary, not necessarily a different type of client, but different audiences because they hang out in different places, in different places. So Creating more content, I think, is always the vibe and it's always going to be fruitful or useful. And it's about like figuring out what is the content that is going to make the biggest difference and how can we start to help more people? Like one of the, the my favorite, favorite accounts, it's um, on, on TikTok and on Instagram. It's this woman called Dr. Julie. And she did these positive psychology videos over uh, COVID. And I loved her. Like she created all, like she created literally a whole business through creating this free like content. And she's written a book now and she's like a best-selling author and she has a completely different trajectory of her business. So it just shows you that you can create content during uh, economic uncertainty and that content can make a huge difference. Like one of my close friends, Emily, she created her law YouTube channel and she kept going with it. It wasn't necessarily as big as it is now, but she was like doing the content over the, the different turmoils and periods. And she had this whole library so that when she like went viral, quote unquote, she had all of this other content that people could binge. And then she created that super fun, ba super fan base. And I think that's the way that you start thinking about your business is different when you're thinking about the long term, right? What is it that my content is doing and how can I make it work for longer for me? Um, and then thing number three that I see people say to me over and over again, which is they don't watch the news. Like a lot of my business friends are very anti-news, anti-establishment. Um, I, I can't do that because I have family and friends in Ukraine and sadly, like that's, it's just the reality. And also I, like, I want to be literate about what's going on in the world, but I do think that there is a truth to that in that the news is designed to grab attention, make headlines, to keep you coming back for more. And one of the best ways to do that is to talk about destruction and talk about, you know, negative stuff essentially. So the news is there to grab attention, to to essentially like shock us and to to like instill fear essentially, right? And I would look at how much time are you spending on the news channels? Like I know my my step grandmother who is currently staying with us, she like watches the news 24 seven. And when I tell you that there is like nothing good can come from that. Like it's, it's just awful. Like it genuinely, it shatters your nervous system 
and it is not healthy for you to get obsessive. And I think sometimes we have to look at what are we obsessing over and why is why is it that we're obsessing over it and putting those boundaries in place where, you know, maybe something that is going to be triggering for you because you may be a bit like me and you had like parents who were affected by 2008 or maybe you were affected by 2008 and you lost the business or, you know, something else equally traumatic happened to you. I want you to, to pay attention to what your body's telling you and put boundaries in place to make sure that you're not letting that affect you in the long term and you're not letting that cloud your judgment as you're making decisions. Because ultimately, we want to decide that that is not going to be your story. Sure, people are going to be, you know, having a bad time, but you as an entrepreneur can can think, can can and do have the ability to think differently. That's why you're in this 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 industry and what you're doing and you you get the ability and you have the ability to write your own story you get to decide what your story is you get to decide what is the thing that is going to be your legacy is it going to be your legacy that you're going to let this specific thing affect you and derail your life or are you going to think like the one percent and you're going to find the opportunity to make this the best financial time for you right? You get to make that decision. It's up to you to decide which camp you're in. And I think that's the beauty of this industry that we're in is that we get to create the outcome that we want based on our systems, our marketing and the way that we're talking to people. No other industry can like has the ability to wake up today, think of an amazing idea that solves a problem and then go out and sell it in the same day. Like no other industry has that. Like no other generation has had the ability to reach an audience as quickly as we do. And we need to remember that the way that things were in 2008 are not the way that things are today. You get to decide what your story is and you get to live with a different type of mindset. And that is the best, I think, news that you could ever have and focus on. You get to be the writer of your own story. And as soon as, you know, the the doom spiral uh, you know, uh, nargles come to get you, I want you to remember that you get to decide. It's you. It's it's you and your your force of will that gets to rewrite that story. And I believe that you, you can decide for yourself what your story will be. Are you going to impact more people and make a lot of money? Or are you going to go down the spiral? I know which camp I'm going to be in. So for me, it always comes back to how can I serve my audience how can I show up? How can I, Im- I impact my soulmate people? And that means that I'm always thinking from the future me perspective of already impacting 100,000 women, right? That's where I make the decisions from and that's where I want you to make decisions from too. It's like, what is it going to be your story? Which means that you might not, you know, ignore the news completely, but I want you to not pay attention to it. I want you to be like, okay, well, this is happening, but also I'm in my bubble where I'm going to impact the people and I'm going to make a change and I'm going to think of a gap and I'm going to solve that problem and it's going to be freaking amazing. So you get to make a decision. You get to make a decision of what that story will be and where are you going to live from? You're going to live from the future you who has all the things that you want and who is able to achieve impossible things, even in the face of you know, really difficult circumstances? Or are you going to stay stuck and stay in this place of stagnation? And I want you to think about it like this, you know, what what would future self you who is successful do and what decisions would she be making? And that, my friends, is how you recession-proof your business, is you think smart, you think about the specific you know, the specific strategies that you can use to protect yourself from like a legal perspective of looking at your terms and conditions, looking at your contracts, looking at your clauses and making sure that you are able to support support the people that are on your team. And you look at it from a perspective of, I'm going to write my own story and I'm going to make sure that, you know, no matter what happens, I'm going to commit to this future vision. And I think it's a combination of those two things of looking at, okay, am I legally protected? Do I have the systems and the structure in place? And what is my mindset? Because the going, like the going is going to get rough at some point. It doesn't necessarily have to be a recession. And who am I going to be through that time? And those would be the, the specifics that I would focus on. 
So yeah, I'm very, very excited because I think now there has never been a more like challenging time to market in general. I think there's never been a more interesting time to talk about getting clients and the energy and the frequency of that and the ability to make money on demand. And I think that, you know, if you are wanting support and you need, you know, to to make over essentially the people that you are around, SCA this time around is going to be that that thing for you. And I want you to think about, you know, making that decision if it is aligned with you. And I want to I want to tell you that we do have some scholarship options available, particularly if you are you know have been affected adversely, and we we prioritize a specific. You know, we prioritize people who have been affected, whether that's by um, their gender or their race or the Ukrainian war or really if they're ma- ma- marginalized. God, can't even say that word anymore. Uh, but we, we prioritize those applications, but we want to hear from you. So if you have been feeling like, you know what, like I know that there are going to be 99.9% of my audience who are going to be into SDA and they don't need that option. But I know that there is a small percentage of you who might do and I wanted to make it available for you. So I'm all about making things more accessible for as many people as possible. And I want to support you through this process and I want to support you through getting those so many people in to your universe because I know that you have something to give. So if you are interested in a scholarship option, if you want to talk more about SEA, reach out to me on the Facebooks or the Instagrams. I'm going to link the form down below. And I hope that you found this episode helpful. Like, I think there are some practical things that you can take away, but the biggest one I want you to hear and the biggest one I want you to feel on every level is that you are the writer of your story. You get to decide who you are and what you do and what your year from now looks like. And that, I think, is the most powerful thing ever. All right, I'll speak to you next week. Are you stuck in a loop of cookie cutter content feeling like you can't find your voice or the confidence to show up authentically? Good news, Magnetic Mavens is here to help you be unforgettable. Our membership will get you to break free from the monotony of copycat content and find your unique power story. In this membership, you'll create a consistent writing habit to stay ahead of your content creation and take back control of your plan without any of the overwhelm. It's time to leave the bland and boring content behind and own your message with integrity and fun. Join the Magnetic Mavens today. Head to alisa-k.com forward slash magnetic to register right now.